Coming up next on The Voice of Alabama Politics, Congressman Gary Palmer praises Biden's infrastructure deal. Kind of. Also, the governor names Liz Fillmore her new chief of staff. And Mike Hubbard's latest scheme exposed. You, you imbecile, you bloated idiot, you stupid fathead, you... <laughs> What a dumb bunch of crooks. All this and much, much more coming up next on The V. Welcome to the voice of Alabama politics where we tackle the tough issues so you have the hard facts. I'm your host, Bill Britt, and I'm joined today by Susan Britt, research guru extraordinaire, Josh Moon, columnist and investigative reporter at APR, and Angie Horn, Republican strategist and all-around great person. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> How's everybody? I would like to revisit my intro, please. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't we all? Uh, interesting week. Uh, Governor Kay Ivey, as we predicted last week, has named Liz Fillmore as the next chief of staff. Angie, I know you wrote about this on Facebook. What's, what's your thoughts? I think it's wonderful. You know, Liz Fillmore being a female chief of staff to a female governor in Alabama is outstanding. She is kicking down a door for other women to run through after her. Oh, yeah. And, you know, she's just one of many conservative women that have done this. Governor Ivey, uh, Chief Justice Lynn Stewart, Dr. Marquita Davis was the first female uh, state finance director. Beth Chapman, as Secretary of State, received more votes than anyone else on the ballot. Um, and the list just goes on and on and on. And I'll tell you, you know, Conservative women are doing great things in Alabama, and although we've been doing it for a while, it's just getting started, and I, I think you'll see pretty soon we'll have the first female U.S. Senator from our state. I, I can't wait to see I, it. I could not agree more. I am so pleased and so proud that, that, that these women are kicking down the doors, and I, I'm looking for Katie to, to kick down the next one. It's going to be a great day for Alabama women. Josh, I don't think you and I have, I mean, I, I congratulate her on that appointment. I, I'm looking forward to uh, getting to know her better. Uh, there are also some other changes at the governor's office. I mean, Angie, you worked in, in the governor's office before. <clears throat> How do these uh, changes like this affect the running of the office? So when the changes are internal and you're bringing in people that have worked there before, it's really usually a pretty smooth transition. People know each other, you know your personality and, and how you work. So it, these are, I think, will be with, with Bill Poole and Nathan Lindsay. I think will be fairly uh, smooth transition. Uh, Susan Bill Poole is not only going to be uh, finance director, but he's also going to be senior advisor to the governor and and to Liz Fillmore. I'm really pleased about that because Bill Poole, my experience with him in the legislature, he is very meticulous. He he's very uh, he thinks everything through to the nth degree. I think this is going to be a really good move on Kiavi's part is to put him. In, as part of her cabinet. I think, I mean, part, more in her cabinet than he is now. I just think it's a great thing. Nathan Lindsay and uh, Brooks McClendon, both who have worked in the governor's office before, they are also uh, gonna be part of that team. They move up to be deputy 
uh, both take the role of deputy uh, deputy chief of staff. Mm -hmm. uh, Josh, let's get on to something that I know you're excited to talk about. <laughs> uh, Democrats and uh, passed a uh, a bill that will put about three two trillion in infrastructure. It was signed by President Joe Biden. That money will bring about seven billion dollars to Alabama for roads, bridges, clean water, and broadband. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think uh, if you look at, uh, at what all it's bringing here for uh, the amount of money that we're going to get for our roads and bridges, which I think we all can agree uh, definitely need some work. Mm -hmm. uh, and then also, you know, don't forget about broadband. Uh, you know, the, the, the broadband uh, portion of this is going to help a lot of kids uh, around yep. this state uh, that we saw over the last two years uh, with parents sitting outside of fast food restaurants <laughs> used, uh, trying to you know, glum on the Wi-Fi uh, because they don't have an option at home. Uh, for their kids to do their homework. Uh, you know, I think that that's something that's that's pretty big. And it's also something that's pretty big to attract business to the state uh, as well. You can't, it's hard to, it's hard to keep uh, bringing in businesses left and right uh, if you can't ha support it with the infrastructure that's necessary. Angie, not a single member of the uh, Alabama Republican Congressional Caucus voted for this piece of legislation. That will do good work for Alabama but they just didn't didn't like everything in the bill. Right, it's not unusual for legislators on, from both parties to vote against legislation if there are parts of the bill that they don't like. And although that there are great things that will come from this bill for the state of Alabama, there were a lot of things in that bill that were objectionable to Republicans. And I think that that's why you saw the entire Alabama delegation vote against the bill. Such as? Yeah. What, what was objectionable in the bill? Well, you have it. When you're looking at close to you know two trillion dollars, I think that the Republicans have the same objections that the Democrats did when Donald Trump tried to do the same thing, Josh. Well, not, actually, the objection that we had to Donald Trump was that he was giving rich people uh, a, a big tax break. That's what we had an objection to. Doing the infrastructure, Democrats were on board with it. He couldn't get it through the Republicans. That was the problem. Is he couldn't get it through the Republicans and pay for it. See, Joe, that's the difference. I Everybody love the revisionist this. history of the Democratic Party when they're trying this. to justify their hypocrisy. Hmm. He paid for this. I know that's a foreign concept to Republicans to actually he, pay. He for hasn't the paid for anything. This is oh, going to add to the deficit just as much as the Trump. No, 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 no. It's all. Hey, I want to say no, no, no. All you want, it doesn't make it back. No, it hey, doesn't. I want to jump in here one minute. Gary Palmer made national news. Congressman Gary Palmer made national news this week uh, because he praised. Uh huh the bill, and then he had to back, he praised portion of the bill, the Northern uh, Birmingham Beltway, uh, he praised that, that's gonna be a huge- But he voted against the bill! Republican he Republican hypocrisy here. Here's my very important project that you could please give me $350 million for. Okay, here it is, I'm still voting against it because I I'm like that somebody else is getting money for I their project. I have absolutely no defense of Gary Palmer. This is an amateur move. It was an absolute ridiculous uh, move on his part to go ahead and amplify what he was getting out of the bill that just a week before he was throwing a tantrum out of. I won't justify that, Josh. Unlike you, I don't blindly follow my party. Gary Palmer <laughs> made a terrible error, and he should really fire whatever staffer convinced him to send out that press release. They should be on the unemployment line today.
What about just firing the people who convinced him to vote against it? Why just vote for the person <laughs> he worked with on a bipartisan level? He worked with a Democrat to put this thing in, and then he voted against it. The guy from Maryland voted for it. I don't understand what you're doing. I don't believe And here we were worried about y'all having something to argue over. Jesus. Well, you know, the thing that I find, <clears throat> I find interesting is that mostly in the past, these infrastructure bills, hard infrastructure bills, which is, you know, a good 80, 80, 90% of this one, have always been bipartisan. We've gotten to the point we can't even decide that we want a bunch of money coming to the state. Oh. We're going to spend it, Angie, whether we like it or not. But we're gonna have like to hold Brooks. It. We're going to have to hold it right there. You're watching The V, the voice of Alabama politics. Whether I am in Margaritaville enjoying a cheeseburger in paradise or cruising around on the Gulf of Mexico, I always make sure to vote. I am Jimmy Buffett, and I want to encourage you, too, to become a registered voter and to obtain a photo ID so you can have your voice heard and your vote count just like me. It is 5 o'clock somewhere, but fortunately, you have from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. to get to the polls and exercise your right to vote. Keep making a difference for Alabama. So you got caught speeding. But this time you got more than a ticket. What are you in for? Vehicular homicide. Stop speeding before speeding stops you. Drive safe, Alabama. A message from your Alabama Department of Transportation. Welcome back to The V, the voice of Alabama politics. This past week, the Attorney General's office answered Mike Hubbard's request that he be, his sentence be reduced by another year. That would mean he would serve only one year in prison. But the AG, I must give them compliments, they did an amazing job. In their court filings, they showed that Mike Hubbard told people on phone calls from prison that he was not sorry for what he did. He told them that the Supreme Court were a bunch of wussies. He also said that uh, a law enforcement was not doing a great job either. And then Susan, he came out and, and said that they had a plot. They had a plot to put legislation into the prison special session that would allow him to get out of jail early, a plot. Mike Hubbard had a plot, oh my. God, that's all that man lives by. I mean, yeah, they were going to put an amendment to the prison bill that would allow him to get out of prison early. It was ridiculous. It was something like uh, anybody who's been in under five years, if they say, oh, I'm so sorry, I didn't really mean it, uh, then they can get out of jail. And he told his wife the day he signed the, 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 the uh, filing that said he was so sorry, to the people of Alabama and all that. He said, I had to hold my nose to actually sign that sign that piece of paperwork. I mean, Jesus, 611 calls on this, 436 pages of emails on this plot in a year to get him out of prison. Josh, I mean, this makes, this is embarrassing for criminals. I mean, because he is so dumb. He, he didn't realize they were recording him on the phone or oh, something. Oh, he had a code. He had a code. He had a code. Yeah. Yeah, he, um, 
Yeah, he, he I think he realized it. Uh, he just didn't care, apparently. I mean, because they told him yeah. twice on every phone call that he, he was being recorded. He and everybody mm-hmm. else that, uh, that answered. And so he had to know, and, and you knew that he knew, because in the filing, the AG's office says that they use code words for people. Yeah. They called his wife the quarterback. They... Uh, you know, they, they were calling Billy Canary, his old friend and former BCA head, uh, another name and uh, you know, names for the, 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 yeah, the, the, the judge and the uh, attorneys, the lobbyists. Everybody had a, had a code name in this thing. And they were all working on this plan, this, uh, you know, the, the surgery, as they call it, or the operation uh, that they were going to they were planning to try to get Hubbard out of prison. And, and they, they were they were going to try to insert legislation into a into the the criminal justice reform portion of, of the prison deal uh, that would have allowed him to walk out, him and others, uh, presumably, uh, to walk out of prison way, way early on this, assuming that the warden would sign off on it. But it's a, you know, what's most troubling to me is not that Mike Hubbard tried this. You know, we know who Mike Hubbard is. It's who he's always been. Uh, you know, this is the same guy that, that, that that's in prison. It's the reason he's there. The most troubling part to me is that he apparently still has friends willing to do this sort of nonsense with uh, in the legislature. Elected lawmakers were going along with this uh, in this, and that they're in there, and we're going to get their names eventually because those yeah, recordings are sure. public record. Um, and it's you know eventually that's going to come out who all was help, trying to help him do this. And I think some people should be ashamed. Angie, I mean, weigh in on this. I mean, how are Republicans still trying to help this convicted felon? who so embarrassed the party, so embarrassed the state, and betrayed his oath of office. Like, I, I think it's it's absolutely shameful what, what has occurred. It's that AG filing made my stomach turn. But the good news, if there is any of any of this, is that it didn't work. The Republican legislators didn't go along with it. They said, no, we're right. not going to do this, and my coverage going to sit in jail. But I look at this from a little bit of a different view. You know, as Susan mentioned earlier, I want worked for a governor who found himself in a scandal and was, you know, had to leave office. And when things like this happen and Mike gets himself back in the news, sure, he's hurting his family and his friends and he's hurting the taxpayers, but he's also hurting staff members again, people that were innocent, people that testified against him that now have to get drugged through this again because every news clip has clips of that trial where innocent staffers are seen walking in to testify against him. All of these guys are trying to put this behind them, the innocent staffers that work for him, and now they're all going through it again. And it's like the nightmare that won't end. So if Mike doesn't care about his family or his friends or the taxpayers, I certainly hope he realizes what he's doing to the people that work for him. And that's something that, that I brought up yesterday was that, you know, there are people that look at those of us who went through all of this and say, you know, just move on with your life. This is not something you just move on from. This is something that we all went through it was terribly painful, and you can't just put it aside and walk away. It just doesn't happen. One thing we learned from chasing crooks in politics is that they hit back and they hit hard. Yeah. I do want to bring this up and get you both to weigh in on this. I mean, Billy Canary, former huh. head of the BCA, uh, still trying to help out his buddy, Mike Hubbard. The other interesting thing, Lance Bell, yeah. who was Hubbard's former attorney, he's listed as been one of those who who weighed in on, who was helping with the plot. Now, Angie, Lance Bell is going to run for Jim McClendon's open seat in St. Clair County. Unopposed. Uh, right now, we haven't announced yet, but right now he has no opposition. I mean, how do you elect a guy to the Alabama Senate who was helping to try to get a crook out of jail? 
The way you Great. elect them is the way you elect them is no one runs against them. And right now, Lance Bell, Lance Bell is an unopposed candidate for the state senate with close to sixty thousand dollars in his account. So the way you elect them is no one else steps up. Well, hopefully, put somebody else on the ballot. And you would think for the party that they that this would be. Uh, this sort of shameful thing would be something that they would want to get behind them. And and the best way to do that is to make sure that the people that were involved in it and are still involved in it uh, are, aren't in office somewhere. I'll say this, though. Lance Bell in St. Clair County is loved. He is a loved guy in St. Clair County. Um, and so, and I think part of that is why he's not opposed. So, you know, a lot of this is sort of inside baseball. We all follow it. We've all read the filings, but... I'm just not sure how many people outside of the bubble, that the Politico bubble, are even aware that this but, is going but, on. Yeah, he's, well, we, we lived in St. Clair County for a while, and he's beloved, but he's not the sharpest knife in the drawer, okay? Well, he's certainly not the brightest bulb in the chandelier. Whether yeah. he can spell it or not, I'm not sure. But Lance Bell, he needs opposition for sure, yeah. because this is not the kind of senator St. Clair County needs representing them. Exactly. Uh, we're gonna have to leave it right there. You're watching the V, the voice of Alabama politics. We'll be right back. You'll never guess what 400,000 people in the U.S. were using when they crashed their cars last year. No, not this. This, distracted driving will kill you. Drive safe, Alabama. A message from your Alabama Department of Transportation. Whether I am in Margaritaville enjoying a cheeseburger in paradise or cruising around on the Gulf of Mexico, I always make sure to vote. I am Jimmy Buffett, and I want to encourage you, too, to become a registered voter and to obtain a photo ID so you can have your voice heard and your vote count just like me. It is 5 o'clock somewhere, but fortunately, you have from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. to get to the polls and exercise your right to vote. Keep making a difference for Alabama. Welcome back to The V, the voice of Alabama politics. Angie, this week, the uh, or last week, the uh, Alabama Retail Association uh, announced their endorsement of Katie Britt for Senate. She now has their endorsement. She also has the endorsement of the Farmers Federation. And uh, these endorsements, some people think don't matter, but retail folks and, and farmers, that matters. I mean, athlete matters. I mean, these are two very large populations within Alabama, people who are involved in agriculture and, and people who are involved in retail. And so what happens with those endorsements is the members of those populations will get information from the Retail Association and from the Farmers Federation saying, we support Katie Britt and this is why and we're asking you to vote for Katie Britt. And that's important not only because of the name awareness and support it gives Katie, but it's also important because that's vote, getting out the vote on election day that she doesn't have to spend her millions of dollars on. They're going to help her do that. And I think the other thing it shows is, you know, farmers and retail workers, these aren't, you know, big ha-hog business people. These are, these are everyday normal humans, real Alabamians who support her. And when you contrast that with, you know, what her, her biggest opponent right now, who is Mo Brooks, his only endorsements are coming out of Washington, D.C. And so it looks like you have swamp endorsements for Mo Brooks and you have real Alabamians for Katie Britt. And I think you're seeing that reflected in, in both campaigns. Uh, Josh, I want to throw this over to you. Uh, it looks like uh, 
Are, are the Democrats going to run anybody for U.S. Senate? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they will. They're, they're, they'll be a candidate. Uh, there'll be a candidate on the ballot that I think uh, that people will like. Uh, and, uh, you know, Care it'll, to tell be, us who? it'll be. Huh? Care to tell us who? Uh, no, I'll, I'll let you know when I know. Uh, but the, um, uh, you know, I, I'll tell you this uh, that candidate will have better policies than, than Katie Britt or Mo Brooks or whoever comes out of the Republican Party. Uh, it'd just be a matter of getting those policies out to the people and, and helping to make them realize that that's the case. I mean, you know, farmers, for example, are going to be really aided by the infrastructure deal and would also be aided tremendously by the Build Back Better plan uh, that's trying to be pushed through Congress right now. Uh, because it does address one of their biggest concerns, which is climate change. Uh, and you ask any farmer in this state uh, how climate change has affected their bottom line, and they will tell you immediately that it's had a huge impact on them over the last few years, and there's only one party willing to address that. Yeah, they're Angie, killing their cows. I don't think they're going to like that. Nobody, <coughs> what, what are you watching? Where, where do you get this from? You know, what, you're just surfing Breitbart all day? Is that what you're doing? I, I don't, nobody's <laughs> trying to kill their cows. You talking about there's a meth a cattle methane limitation in your wonderful bill you should go read that it. is not a, no that is not part of that bill that is I'll not part of that bill at all are flatulent cows really a political issue now susan yes they are <laughs> yes they are yeah, the, the amount of the amount of methane from from cattle is a known cause of some of the problems that we have I know, uh, I in know. terms of climate change now is a reduction of that something that we're looking at, at as a, a potential uh, to reduce that those emissions? Yes, they are. Can't we just give them some tums? Can't we give them some tums or you know an antacid of some sort? Right, well, we, yeah. we need to move on here. One of the things oh, wait, we do kill cows. That's how we get the hamburger. Right. It doesn't come from <laughs> Angie, you brought this up. Uh, Senator Shelby has. Uh, made it known to some folks, and we believe this reporting is true, that he is going to give $5 million mm -hmm. to counter the effects of folks like uh, Club for Growth that have said they're going to give Mo Brooks everything, whatever he needs. Uh, Mo made a big deal about Katie getting $5 million from She's not going to get it. It's going to a super PAC that supports her. Uh, Mo Brooks made a big deal out of that, but he didn't say anything about the millions going to come from him, what? from Club for Growth. Or, Can I make a point right here? Yeah. The money that Shelby is giving Katie is Alabama money. Club for Growth is not Alabama money, folks. Yeah, Angie, so first of all, if that. you look at Katie's financial report, there's not $5 million from Richard Shelby in there. There's $2,600 from Richard Shelby in there, $2,800. Right. It's not going um, to her campaign. But if you look at if you look at Katie Britt's report, financial report, versus Mo Brooks's financial report, Katie Britt has raised three times as much money, but 90% of her money is from the state of Alabama, from individuals mm -hmm. within the state of Alabama. If you look at mm -hmm. Mo Brooks's money, it's not very much of it, but the majority of what's there is from out of state. So... Uh you know, those people don't get to vote. So the people that are getting to vote are the people that are donating to Katie's campaign. Mo is relying on people like Club for Growth who spent millions of dollars in trying to defeat President Trump. Um, he's relying on them to come in and save him. And it's interesting because they made a comment last week in the press, Club for Growth said, we will spend whatever it takes to get Mo Brooks elected. People, D.C. and Club for Growth are trying to buy Alabama's election, and they have exactly. said they will buy it. They will spend everything they have. They don't care what Alabamians think. And Mo Brooks and the Club for Growth think we're for sale. Mo Brooks put out a for sale sign. Club for Growth bought it. Yep. 
Uh, Josh, I mean, how do you think people in, in, in Northern Alabama, especially the Huntsville, Madison area, how are they looking at this race? You got any ideas? Yeah, I mean, look, you know, personally, I mean, I hope they both bludgeon each other until uh, into submission. But I mean, the uh, uh, what what when you look at Mo Brooks, there's a reason why out of state interests are supporting him. All right, and, and it's because he's doing things that make out of state interests happy. All right, he's not doing things that makes necessarily Alabama interests happy. Uh, and I think that's what they're looking at is a guy that has voted against some of the biggest contracts that would come to Northern Alabama in his district. Uh, and uh, a lot of the defense contractors up here, he has put, he has voted against a lot of the funding for those uh, measures that have aided his own district. And so I think that's very appealing to a group of people who are looking for those things to go to other states. Um, and so I, I think that's what we're looking at uh, when you when you talk about Mo Brooks. And I think a lot of people up here have slowly begun to realize that he's really not done that much in the 10 years that, that he's been there, other than make a lot of noise, yapping about things that will never be passed in anybody's lifetime. Mm -hmm. uh, Susan, we've got about 30 seconds, but everybody's been kind of quiet except for the two front runners. I mean, M Mike Durant, mm -hmm. uh, he's been running some ads. Linda Blanchard, we don't hear much from her. Jessica Taylor. Taylor. You think this is just a slow season right now? It may be because we're running into the holidays. I'm not sure. But everybody else seems to be really, really quiet right now. I mean, Durant made a big splash. I'm surprised he actually showed up in the poll that was run, the, the, the latest poll that was run. That 17% of people actually knew who he was. I, I was really shocked by that. So we'll just have to see what, what ramps up after the holidays. All right. We're going to have to leave it right there. You've been watching The V, the voice of Alabama politics. You watch us because we watch them.